Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Awesome. We have been in a series called Fresh Air. Somebody say fresh air. I love it. Take a deep breath. Ah, we've been, ta- we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and uh, believing that God's breathing new life into his church. As we embrace the Spirit of God and give him freedom to do what he does, uh, we've been talking about who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does. We've talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Last week, if you were here, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, and I just gave a, a general overview of the gifts. We said, you know, you can know your gifts, you can grow in your gifts, and you can flow in your gifts. And I don't know if you remember, but we, we encouraged you to take a spiritual gifts test. Over 1,600 of you took a spiritual gifts test last week, which I think is cool. There could have been more, but for a couple hours Sunday afternoon last week, we had to, we, it, it kind of, I think the website crashed. There was so much traffic that was on it, which is kind of a cool thing. So if you didn't get a chance to take a spiritual gifts test, and again, you know, there, there's nothing sacred about that test, but it's a good tool. It's an indication of, of how you're wired and maybe what God has placed inside of you. And so I thought that was really interesting and, and really encouraging to sense the hunger that's within the church for people to discover their purposes and be released in their spiritual giftings. And so I want to drill down a little bit and go part two today to what we talked about last week as it relates to spiritual gifts. Now, I know that there may be some of you who you know what your spiritual gifts are. You've at least kind of identified a little bit of your ability and your affinity, maybe still trying to figure out how that spiritual gift is to be used within the context of the church. I know there may be others that are like, wait a second. No, 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 no. That spiritual gift stuff is crazy. It's bizarre. Uh, I realize that, that that thought is out there. And then maybe there's some of you this morning that are like, man, I'm, I'm still kind of new to the church. And Man, bless God, Pastor Mike, I like this place. Don't you get weird on me. Now, I just started attending, and I mean, we just started to feel comfortable. Mike, don't get crazy up in the house now. Listen, can I tell you this? My commitment to you is to just give you the word. Can, can, can we let the Bible be the Bible? Listen, I'm not up here to give you any opinion. You know, my only proclamation is what God has written in the book. And so let's let the word of God do the work. Can I have a good amen? You know, I, I, I remember about 15 years ago, there was a season in my life where I really said, God, teach me about the gifts. Because I grew up in, in church my whole life, but I didn't really hear a whole lot taught about the gifts of the Spirit. And we were on our way to India for a missions crusade about 15 years ago, and I brought my Bible with me, but I, I, I grabbed a book by Lester Summerall. I haven't ever heard of Lester Summerall. And he wrote a book called Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. And I said, God, would you teach me on this trip, teach me about the gifts of the Spirit? Because there was something inside of me that I just... I didn't want to just read about the supernatural, and I didn't want to just hear about the supernatural. I wanted to experience in my own life. Did anybody anybody identify with that? 
You know, and, and God bless what's happening all around the world and even what happened, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago. But I just believe that if the Spirit of God is still alive, then the gifts of the Spirit are still available to us. So we went on this, this missions trip and we did this crusade and, and thousands, tens of thousands of people gathered. And I'll never forget the last night of the crusade, we gave an opportunity for people to, who, who needed physical healing to come forward. And one little Indian man, he was probably about this tall, his leg, and I'm telling you, I saw this with my own eyes. This is not something that I heard or read about. I was there. I was on stage when it happened. He struggles up on stage with a cane, some wooden stick that he had, he had to have that stick in order to walk. And his leg was withered. But I saw, we prayed for him, and I saw his leg restored to full strength. And he took that cane, that stick that he had, and he just threw it. And he took off running on that stage. I'm telling you, you know what I did? I grabbed, his, I grabbed that cane, and I took it. And I said, I'm bringing this home with me. And guess what? I got that stick in my office as a reminder that the Spirit of God still moves in the earth today. Can I have a good amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, that trip taught me really a couple of things about spiritual gifts. First of all, God can use anybody. Somebody say anybody. anybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, that includes you. God can use anybody. It's not, it's not just reserved for the evangelist or the TV preacher or the missionary. You know, it, it's not the, the reserved for the elite status of Green Beret Christians. If you say yes to Jesus, I'm telling you, you're our candidate. God has something that he's placed inside of you that he wants to use. Spiritual gifts are for anybody, and spiritual gifts can be used anywhere. Somebody say anywhere. Say anybody. Say anywhere. Say anybody, say anywhere. Spiritual gifts can be used in church, but it doesn't just have to be confined to church. It can be on the mission field. It could be at your workplace Monday morning. It could be at the school. It could be at the grocery store. It could be at Walmart. It could be while you're pumping gas. It could be in your neighborhood as you're taking a walk. I'm telling you, spiritual gifts, God says, I can use anybody, and spiritual gifts are for anywhere. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read this passage last week, and this is, again, it's a, it's a list that's incomplete. If you want to do a complete study of the gifts of the Spirit, there are other passages I encourage you to look up on your own. 1 Peter 4 talks about spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12, Paul gives a list of spiritual gifts. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to look at these gifts in particular because Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth because these gifts were, were in use. Uh, they were happening, but the church didn't really know how to facilitate or, or, or how to walk in them. And so he writes this letter in 1 Corinthians twelve seven, and this is what he says. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Everybody say wise advice. To another, now keep track of this. We're going to identify this. There are nine different gifts here that Paul recognizes. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Somebody say special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith. Somebody say faith. Gives faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Somebody say healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Say miracles. And to another, the ability to prophesy. Somebody say prophesy. 
He gives someone else the ability to discern. Somebody say discernment. Or there's a discerning of spirits. He gives the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Somebody say speaking in tongues. That is in the Bible, by the way. I didn't write it. I'm just reporting it. While another is given the ability to interpret. Somebody say interpretation. To interpret what's being said. Finally, he says this. It's the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Can I have a good amen for the reading of the word? I love it. There there are nine gifts here. What I'm going to do, I'm going to group them together. I'm going to pair them up. And it will help me teach it in a, and expedite it in a way because I'm limited on time. But I want to group them up into three categories. We have gifts of revelation, gifts of inspiration, and gifts of transformation. Okay, those, those three categories, all nine of these gifts will fall under one of those three. Gifts of revelation, gifts of information, I mean inspiration, and gifts of transformation. Now let me be quick to say this. We're not chasing spiritual gifts. God has given us his word. And the word of God is the will of God. Can I have a good amen? You don't have to chase some gift to know what God wants you to do. You don't have to always have a prophetic word in order to to be instructed on what your next step is. Somebody said, you know, Mike, how did you know? How did you know that Rachel was the one you were supposed to marry? Did somebody give you a prophetic word? Can I tell you this? The first time I saw Rachel, I thought to myself, I'm going to marry that girl. And then I quickly suppressed that thought because it was illegal. She was 15 years old at the time. But you know, we dated for four years and we've been married for almost, this July will be 20 years. Mike, how did you know? Come on, there you go, there you go. Come on. Her hunk of hunk of burning love. How did you know? Did you hear a thus saith the Lord? Was it like a, a voice from, se- from heaven that said, Behold thy wife, go and possess the land. I didn't hear that voice. I didn't have some dream of us walking down the aisle and then a friend saying, You know, Mike, I dreamed that you and Rachel were walking down the aisle. I mean, thank God for words and dreams, but that never happened. There wasn't tongues and interpretation. Well, there might have been a little tongue, but no interpretation at the time. Just teasing. <laughs> How did I know that she was the one? Guess what? I read the scriptures. I read Proverbs 18, 22. The Bible says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I I read Proverbs 31. The Bible says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. I didn't just say, oh, she's hot. I said, wow, she's got character. Does she love the Lord? Will she serve God? Will she challenge me? I'm going to tell you, it was all those things collectively that I saw in the scriptures and I evaluated her character that made me drop to one knee. And I said, baby, listen, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of education. But I do have a call of God on my life. And if you'll put your hand in my hand, we together will serve the purposes of God and we will reach this world. Did it, did it kind of play out like that, babe? Not quite. But what I'm saying is this. Listen, you don't need a prophetic word to know whether or not you're supposed to support your family. Get a job. 
You don't need a prophetic word to know how you're supposed to treat your wife. Scripture's clear. Come on, somebody. You don't need a prophetic word or a word of knowledge or some, some sort of a tongue and interpretation to know whether or not you, you should be stingy or you should be generous. Come on, how many know the gospel, the word of God is clear. Let's do what we know to do. So we start there. But Paul said there are some things, there are some gifts that God gives us called gifts of the Spirit. And he listed in this 1 Corinthians 12 passage, he listed nine gifts. Again, they're not complete. It's an incomplete list, but there's a portion of this that I felt like was important for us to walk through, and I want to kind of teach you over the next few moments. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to talk fast, so I want you to write even faster. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, gifts of revelation. Gifts of revelation. And these are gifts that have to do with the mind. You, you, you need to think with God's thoughts. He's going to reveal some things to you, so there's a knowing that you can have. Why are these gifts important? Why does the church need these gifts? Because we need the mind of Christ. I mean, no, we need to think with God thoughts. Have your thoughts ever confused you? Only two people. Some of you confused right now. How many of you know that life works better when it's his thoughts in and through you? Now, now there are three gifts that kind of fall under this, this category, gifts of revelation. It's wise advice, special knowledge, and discernment. Or in other words, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Now, in the Greek, a wise advice or a word of wisdom, it literally means to speak intelligently with divine insight imparted from God. A, a word of wisdom. God gives a portion of wisdom to you. Have you ever been talking to a friend and they come up and they share a problem that they're having, maybe with their children or maybe in their marriage, and God gives you something and you encourage them with some advice, and when you give it, you were like, wow, where did that come from? And you're like, man, I need to, I need to go ahead and write that down. I, I need that for myself. That didn't come from me. That came from him. God will give you the ability to speak into a situation and give wisdom to an individual that's going to help them be more like Jesus. Remember we said that last week. A word of wisdom, wise advice. It's interesting how God used a slave, a little Hebrew slave named Joseph, when he was in Egypt. Pharaoh had a dream and he was troubled. He didn't know how to interpret it. He didn't know what its meaning was. And nobody could interpret it. But they said, wait a second, there's a Hebrew boy who has the spirit of the gods in him. Listen, it was the Holy Spirit in him at the time. They cleaned him up, brought him in front of Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him the dream, and Joseph said, here's what your dream means. There's seven years of, of plenty, and then there's seven years of famine. Here's what I suggest that you do. How many of you know that word of wisdom, not only did it preserve Joseph's life and save an entire nation, but then the whole family of God coming out of that, Abraham, Isaac, and all the 12 I'm telling you, one word of wisdom can change your entire destiny. Word of, word, of, word of wisdom. You know, about three and a half years ago, I was walking through a season of confusion, a lot of hurt, a lot of heartache. Uh, I didn't know which way was up, didn't know what my next step was. I had a, a, a pastor, a friend of mine, come visit me. Our church was walking through a lot of transition. There's a lot of moving parts. First pastor to come visit me when I was set in as the pastor here at this church, his name was Dennis Watson. And Dennis came in and he spent five minutes in my office. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad you're here. I don't know what in the world I'm doing. You know what he told me? He said, Mike, and he quoted Psalm 107, verse 20. He said, God's word, God sent forth his word and healed them. He said, you need healing. This place needs healing. 
preach the word. I said, you know what? I don't know a lot about budgets and financing and big decisions, but I know the word. If I'll just start with what I know. And he told me one word. That was a word of wisdom that I needed in that season in my life. I couldn't concern myself with things that I didn't know. But if I would focus on what I did know, then God would take care of the rest. That's a word of wisdom. (laughs) Scripture also says special knowledge or a word of knowledge. And this is the Greek literally means to speak intelligently with divine understanding, awareness, familiarity, or recognition regarding things you have no way of knowing. Special knowledge is God showing you something about a situation or an individual that you would have no way of knowing on your own. He'll he'll reveal certain things to your mind. You'll see it in your mind. Almost Here's the example that I thought of. When Daniel was in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he told all of his wise men and astrologers and magicians, listen, two things. Tell me what my dream was and tell me the meaning of it. How many know that's impossible? You can't do that. Well, wait, no, no. You tell us the dream first, and then we'll tell you the meaning. He says, no, I'm serious, guys. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, I'm killing all (laughs) y'all. Daniel gets word that he's about to die. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Give us a chance to seek the Lord, and God will tell the king the dream and what the dream means. I'm going to tell you what. That was special knowledge. Can I have a good amen? You see, that that gift is not just for Daniel's day, it's for today. A word of wisdom isn't just for Joseph's day, it's for today. And then he says this, wise advice, special knowledge, and discernment, or discerning of spirits, okay? Knowing what spirit is motivating this situation. I'm telling you, we see in the natural, but how many of you know there's a spirit realm that we don't see? And if we're just operating in the natural, we're going to miss the spirit realm behind it. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will give you a discernment, a discerning of spirits. A a friend of mine, a pastor of church, I heard him say recently that he and his wife were in China and they were doing some leadership development in the underground church in China. I'm going to tell you, there is revival that's taking place in China. In spite of oppression and persecution, the underground church is exploding. And so they were there doing some training and development with all these underground pastors. And, and he said after their, their training was over with, they were getting ready to catch a flight to come back home. But they had a little window of time. He said that uh, my wife and I wanted to go see the Great Wall of China. We wanted to see the Great Wall, be there, take some pictures. So they had just enough time to do it. Now, this guy's really a stickler on time. He does not like to be late. I mean, it just irritates him if he's, if he's, if he's got to show up early to everything. So he's paying attention to the clock. They had just enough time. They went and took pictures at the Great Wall. And uh, so then after they did their pictures, then he and his wife got their luggage and they found a taxi and they put their their bags in. They were seated and ready to go. Well, up comes running this this, one of these uh, underground pastors, this Chinese nationalist pastor, and was like, oh, pastor, pastor, wait, wait, come see, come see. There's one more thing I need to show you. And the pastor's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't have time. i got to get to the airport. No, 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 please. And it kind of got awkward back and forth. You know, he said, I was really frustrated until finally he just left me no choice. I said, okay. And so my wife and I got out of the car. And we took our bags out and we sent the taxi on down the road and said, okay, well, what is it? He said, the Chinese man told him, listen, that car that you were in, it wasn't a real taxi uh, cab and that driver wasn't a real driver. He was going to take you to an undisclosed location, rob you of everything and kill you and your wife. 
How many of you know the Holy Spirit will help you to see things in the spirit realm that you can't see in the natural? That's how a spirit of discernment operates. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you, you need wisdom, you need knowledge, and you need discernment in your life? Keep your hand up just for a second. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you said that you would bless your church with gifts of wisdom and knowledge and discernment. Father, we need that. We need your thoughts in our minds. God, we need your perspective. So, Father, I pray that you'd bless this house and your people with wisdom and knowledge and discernment in the name of Jesus. And everybody said. Second thing I want you to write down is this. Number two. First of all, gifts of revelation. Number two, gifts of inspiration. All right, gifts of inspiration. Now, these gifts, these three gifts are vocal gifts because you and I need to speak God's words. Not only do we need to think God's thoughts, but the reason why this gift is important, this this category, this grouping of gifts is important is because you and I need to speak the words of God. How many of you know it's not my word that makes any difference, but the word of God can bring change? When we speak God's word. Um, Now, there are three gifts that fall under this category, gifts of inspiration, and they are these. Speaking in unknown languages, interpretation, and prophecy. So, tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Now, I don't have time today to get in the whole tongues topic, okay? Um, Again, I didn't make this up. It's in your Bible, You read the book of Acts and you see time and time and time again the gift of tongues in operation within the local church. Now, what I do want to encourage you, you need to be here this Wednesday night because we're going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about specifically this gift of tongues and interpretation, okay? First Wednesday, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, be here. I'm telling you, it is for real. It is for today. Um, I've, I've, I've seen this take place. The tongues speaking in an unknown language, a language that's not familiar to you. Maybe it's a language here on earth. Maybe it's a language in heaven. I have been a, a part of, I've experienced being on the mission field and, and the spirit of God moving on an individual and, and, and they begin to speak in an unknown language and it's foreign to them, but it makes perfect sense to the people that's around them. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it happens, but it's an unction of the spirit of God. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about interpretation and what that means, okay? So don't miss this Wednesday. But I want to tell you, I want to spend most of my time here talking about prophecy, okay? In fact, Paul said tongues is the least of the gifts. But he does say prophecy, rather that you would prophesy, okay? Here's what you need to know about prophecy, okay? Looking it up in the Greek, prophecy means this, to declare the future, to declare righteous truths, or to declare spiritual exhortation. It's a declaration of future events, of righteous truth, and spiritual exhortation. Paul did say that prophecy will do three specific things. It will edify the individual that hears. It will encourage those who receive. And it will comfort. Edify, encourage, and comfort. In fact, to to encourage or to exhort, here's the picture that I got in my mind. You know, like when you kind of built a campfire and it's about to go out and you've got these embers that they've cooled off and, and, and they're almost, they're almost ashen white, but then a wind comes and blows on those dying embers and it kind of warms up again and ignites and becomes fiery red. That's what the gift of prophecy will do. 
The, the wind of the prophetic will blow into a place like this or into your life. You'll receive a word, a prophetic word from the Lord, and it stirs up those embers within you. Does that make sense? Now, I, I do know that, that not everybody who says, I've got a prophetic word, it's not actually from the Lord. Okay, how many of you have ever had something declared over you or spoken to you and you were like, what was that? Anybody? Two people? Y'all haven't been in some weird, you know, freaky environments in church? Man, y'all don't know. My whole life, my whole life, I've had people say things and do, and you've heard me talk about how I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I wish I had time to tell you that story again. People will do some crazy things, and they mean well. You know, and they try to hear from the Lord. But the Bible says this. The Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, the Bible says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Just because somebody says, I have a word for you, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a word from God for you. It may be the bad pizza they ate the night before. They mean well. In fact, I, I came across this, this picture the other day. I thought it was funny. Um, sometimes <laughs> when someone at church gives you a word and it doesn't make sense, like, oh, okay, what was that? Praise the Lord. Well, let me pray about that, brother. Let me pray about that. The scripture says to test what's being said. How do you test a prophetic word? You, you test it up against this word. Okay, I I hear what you're saying for me, but does this line up here? Because as important as man's words may be, how many of you know God's word is preeminent? And that's why I don't feel like I have to chase a man to find a word. Oh, who's going to give me a word? Oh, I mean, bishop so-and-so, prophet so-and-so, the right reverend so-and-so is having a meeting over here. And all those things are good. But how many know the expressed will of God is already documented in this book? But now I do believe that God will use men and women. He'll use individuals to confirm and to stir up, to exhort and to edify what, what you already know to be true inside of you. I believe that. I believe in the prophetic work. In fact, back in September of 2014, I was was at Bethany, and we had a gathering of pastors, over 300 pastors from all over this state, and we were praying for our community. We were praying specifically for the state of Louisiana, but we were praying for the nation. And so in a room full of 300 pastors, and they, they had, a guy came in, I think it was from South Carolina, and I can't even remember his name, but they call him the prophet. The prophet, the the prophet's here. The prophet's going to share a few things. And, you know, and and I just for me, sometimes, you know, people throw titles and stuff around, and I'm a little cautious of that stuff. Okay, that's that's good. But if he's really a prophet, how many know it'll be confirmed by the fruit of his life? And so a mutual friend came to me and said, Mike, the, the prophet has a word for you. Would you, would you be open to receive it? He wants to pray for you after this prayer meeting's over with. He wants to pray for you, and he's got a word for you. And I was like, well, okay, sure. How many know? You just take all the kind of help you can get. If somebody's willing to pray for me, I'm like, bring it, bring it. But then I'll take what's being said, and I'll test it, test it, test it. I'll hold on to what's good, and I'll release what's not. And so afterwards, he prays over me. And, and I've, I've actually got a recording over it because the mutual friend, he took my cell phone and he said, you're going to want to listen to this. I'm going to tell you what, if I've listened to it once, I've listened to it a thousand times 
but he read my mail up one side and down the next. He was saying things that there is no way he could have known but by the Spirit. Talking about things in my physical body, things in my family. Start speaking about things in this church. He said, Mike, I'm going to blow through Healing Place Church. I'm going to sweep through, through this church like a fire. He said, I'm bringing diversity. And he started talking about different ethnicities coming together at HB. This is September 2014. He said, and before I'm done, you'll see the greatest number of souls saved than in the history of the church. He said, there's a mantle of evangelism that's coming onto this house. And he started, boom, boom, boom. How many know at that time I was, <laughs> and snot bubbles, man, I'm blowing snot bubbles everywhere. What a prophetic word. I didn't say pathetic, I said prophetic. Now, so, now I know that there, and there are all different kinds of ways that churches express this. I know, there's, there, I know of a church up in the Northeast, and they literally have prophetic, they have prophecy microphones that are stationed in every aisle. And at any point during worship, if someone feels like they've got a, a, a prophetic word for the church, they'll step up to the microphone. Now, there is a red button that they have on the soundboard in the back. That at any moment, if they need to beep. Now, you know what? That's good for some places. We don't do that here. In fact, if somebody rushes to this stage and tries to grab one of these microphones, you could get tased in Jesus' name. (laughs) And you will have a different uh, spiritual experience that you will never forget. And you say, but Michael, I've got this prophetic thing on me. And what if I have a word for the church? Here's what you do. You write it down. Write that word down and email it to us. We'll look at it. We'll consider it. We'll pray over it. And if it's from the Lord, it may find its way into a weekend message. If it's not from the Lord, we'll say, hey, God bless you. Thank you for stepping out and trying to discover this prophetic thing in your life. But you know what? The gift of prophecy, I believe, is a very important component in who we are as a body. God's still speaking to his church. Can I have a good amen? All right, so we've got gifts of revelation. We have gifts of inspiration. And finally, we have gifts of transformation. Now, before I get into transformation, let me just ask you this. How many of you, you need a word from the Lord to encourage you? Maybe to, to strengthen you and to comfort you. How many say, Mike, that's me. Keep your hand up. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that the gifts of the prophetic, God, tongues and interpretation and prophecy, Lord, it's alive. And Father, you want to use your words to encourage the heartbeat of your people in this house. Lord, we open up our heart to receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, now let me give you this final thought, okay? Gifts of revelation, gifts of inspiration. This final segment is gifts of transformation. And basically, these are working gifts. These are gifts where it's literally the hand of God in us and through us. We, we work with God's hands. Why, why, is this, why are these gifts important? Because we need to be changed by the power of God's spirit. There are three gifts that fall under this category. And they're gifts of faith gifts of healing and gifts of miracles. Everybody say faith, say healing, say miracles. The word faith here in this context is not simply faith to be saved. Bible says that to every man is given a measure of faith. And that's so that we can say yes to Jesus. 
But what Paul's talking about here is not necessarily faith for salvation, but faith for the supernatural, faith for healing, faith for miracles. It literally means to be firmly persuaded. I want you to know this. God can do whatever, whenever, however, through whomever. He can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it, wherever he wants to do it, whenever he wants to do it. We are part of of a fellowship that believes that healing and miracles are still happening today. In fact, when you drove up on campus this morning, you saw a big old bright sign and it said a healing place for a hurting world. I believe God heals people supernaturally. He heals people physically. He heals people emotionally. Most important of all, he heals people spiritually. Say, Mike, why don't we see miracles today? You know, there's probably a number of different ways to answer that. But I do think this, that we're not chasing a miracle. We're pursuing God. The greatest miracle is life transformation. You want to see miracles happen in your life? Get around a bunch of lost people. Get around the lost. I'm telling you, when God would do miracles through Jesus, it wasn't to impress everybody, but it was to confirm that the gospel of God works. Are you with me? But healing and miracles won't take place without an element called faith. And, And I believe that God gives some people the gift of faith, the gift to believe. They are convinced. They are firmly persuaded. God, you can do whatever However, whenever, wherever, with whomever. God, you can do it. How many of you know that we're not the performer? We're simply the believer. We believe and God performs. But all of this takes place within, within the arena of faith. Does that make sense? Now, let me explain it this way. And then I want to close. I was watching a program the other day, and I think Trevor was with me. And it was these professional athletes, football players, basketball players. There was some hockey, some tennis, golf. They're all these professionals, and they were doing a a kind of a team competition. And they were required to do something that wasn't within their preferred sport. You know, they, you know, whether it's, you know, climbing some rock wall or doing some kind of hurdle or whatever it was. So they took these professional athletes away from their skilled sport and they were competing in, in different events that were outside of their, their natural skill. And so they, they showed this one guy, he was a football player and this guy was huge. I mean, massive. I saw him and I thought, whoa, that dude's got muscles in places. I didn't even have places. Come on, somebody. I said, Trevor, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with that dude. How many ever just kind of played scenarios out in your mind? Like if a fight were to break out, what would you do? Man, I wouldn't want to fight that guy. But one of the events that he had to do was he had to swim about 100 meters. And he jumps in the pool. He was fighting and he was kicking. And then the camera was on him. I'm like, somebody better help that brother out. He's about to drown. I mean, for real. He was not going to make it 50 meters, much less 100. And he's trying to swim, and then they had to send somebody to rescue him. And I said, you know what, Trevor? You know what I would do? If I had to fight that guy, I would punch him in his mouth, and then I'd go jump in a swimming pool. (laughs) I can't handle him on ground, but I can pop 
slap him upside the face and I can run fast enough. If I can jump in that water, how many know he can't handle that water? Why? Because he's in a different arena. Now watch this. When you step into the arena of faith, The devil may be big, he may be bad, he may be tormenting you, you may feel powerless against him, but that devil can't swim. When you bring him into the arena of faith, come on, somebody say faith. You see, faith is what makes all things possible. It doesn't say faith makes everything easy. Come on now, whoever's told you this is going to be easy, they were lying to you. That's prophet lying, that's not prophesying. Faith makes all things possible. When you put your situation within the arena of faith, now all of a sudden, you've got a power that's available to you that you did not have before. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.